0: You're listening
1: to the Cricket Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cricket Podcast, where we're going to be wrapping up the 2023 edition of the 100. Ross was at the final, our man on the ground, and he'll be reporting back on all of the action. Then, a little bit later in the show, we'll be casting our eyes forward to the Asia Cup hosted by Pakistan, but kind of not in Pakistan. And we're all hoping (laughs) that we will see India v. Pakistan in the final of that for the first time. I'm Jack Hope. I'm joined, as I said, by Ross Legg. Ross, did you have a good day out at Laws yesterday, at HQ, as posh people say?
0: Yeah, yeah, I did, actually, because it's um, one of the only times in the year where you don't have that stuffiness because, uh, because there you've got all these families there, uh, people there for a good occasion. You don't have people who are there to go to be like, oh, the women shouldn't be playing here. Why Why is this not Eton versus Harrow? Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, actually, it was a really nice day out. I had unbelievable tickets. I had row one tickets in the grandstand um, about kind of mid-wicket, cow corner positioning and it was absolutely amazing weather was good and um, the quality of cricket on display was kind of it, it swung from brilliant to absolutely village um, and that's what you want in a game I think sometimes and the 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 fact that you've got people retiring in that and you've got kind of I don't know almost at redemption arcs as part of it as well will come on to um yeah it was a really really good day out and I think um, anybody who was there or anybody watching it would have um, yeah said the same thing
1: yeah absolutely I, I enjoyed it I enjoyed it from afar. Uh, we also had, I mean, Drew, we should say this straight up. If you watched it and you saw the Curran people, the, the, the <laughs> people in the crowd dressed as Curran, Max was there as one of the R's. Um, I actually mm-hmm. recognise Max. I see Max like three times a week on the show. Just didn't, didn't <laughs> register to me at all and this is this
0: is not people dressed up as like different currens. they it's not they're not coming as ben tom and sam Um, they've come as the word current so a very kind of american sport kind of and max was dressed up as yeah the i think it was the second r
1: yeah so that was good if you did if you did watch it cricket podcast um making our sky sports tv debut um (laughs) there's some pictures on twitter if, uh, if if that's what you want to see uh before we get into everything we're just going to give a little plug to our sponsor manscaped um, you can get 20 off plus free shipping using the code CricketPod. pod uh, links to that are in the show notes uh going to point you particularly in the direction of the beard hedger pro kit which was sent round to max ross and myself uh, you get the beard hedger the charger the shampoo the conditioner the Beard, oil, beard balm, a travel bag, um, a bunch of accessories, some scissors for the extra, you know, those, those straggly ones. I mean, we, we, we're we quite <laughs> close-shaven. I mean, I've got a little bit of stubble, but, you yeah. know, Max, I'm sure he has to to trim things off. Uh, it, it's a it's a quality <laughs> product, and we're happy to be sponsored by Manscaped. Um, you can use the code, CricketPod, for 20% off, plus free shipping. Um, Ross, we've got kind of four matches to talk about in the 100. We want to do men's or women's first, which would you rather? Um, let's do the women. Cool. Well, I can do the, the, the what happened on the Saturday uh, at the Oval. It rained. And uh, actually, I want to talk about this really briefly because it was kind of slightly farcical slash very cricket slash very, very English cricket uh, as Welsh Fire, who are who actually going pretty well on over 100 with uh, 30 balls. I think about 30 balls still left to go in their innings. Um, saw their chances of progression. Um, extinguished. <laughs> yeah, extinguished by by a freak summer storm. I mean, like, it absolutely hosed it down. I was out and about um, and, and got properly drenched in about 25 seconds. Uh, it meant that other day when they were knocked out they finished third in the group stage. Kind of kind of funny. Um, is there anything they could have done about it? I suppose is a question to ask there, Ross.
0: Uh, massive brawly. Um, I don't know. Uh, it was just one of those things, really. And I think, um, yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a... Uh, a sign of this hundred, isn't it? Really, that you've seen a lot of the women's games actually be curtailed or cancelled because of rain, and then the men's game, because it obviously happens at the same venue, um, actually going ahead, and it's a bit of a bit of a shame. But um, yeah, ultimately, we thought that regardless if Welsh Fire or Northern Superchargers got to the final, they would lose to Southern Brave. So, um, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it didn't make a big difference.
1: Well, that is that is obviously what um, came to pass. Do you want to talk us through the game, your favourite moments, and um, we'll have a chat about it.
0: Yeah. Um, so, we, as I said, I was at Lords, and the atmosphere was absolutely brilliant. There were loads and loads of um, kids being big fans, and what I really liked around was that the quality of cricket on the show was really, really good, Um you saw the first ball of the game get crunched through the covers, it was an absolutely sumptuous cover drive, um, and the next ball was clearly under plan, so they got it in place. Um, and yeah, uh, Mandana went straight to and fell into the trap, which is a bit of a, a bit of a shame. Um, but it was all about watching Danny Wyatt, who was an absolute star. So the England bat, she. Was hit, hitting the ball absolutely everywhere, and if you look at her wagon wheel, like you know, she completely manipulated the field, like, unbelievably well. Now it was an absolute masterclass in kind of a short format um, performance, and then she got out in the most village way possible. <laughs> I think it was Freya Kemp <laughs> at the other end smashed the ball back at her, and she couldn't get out of the way, just hit her hand, and the ball sort of perfectly ricocheted straight to the bowler, who then duly ran her out. And it was a, a, a I get I I get annoyed when I get out look like, this was one of the first times I've seen a, a pro like absolutely furious. Like, when, like a, a, Actually live, she was swinging the, the bat of the ground. She was punching her bat. The coach came over to um, kind of go, oh, are you okay? And I'm not joking. It looked like she told him to do one as she was going into the long room. So he was coming over. And he was like, no, no, no. And then straight and stormed in. And I was just like, that is, that, that's what I want to see. I want to I see that hurt. She was seeing the ball like an absolute beach ball. Um, and that kind of rage is what I'm all about um when it came to the rest of the performance I, th- I think there's just too there was just a bit too much of a golfing quality between the two teams. Northern Superchargers actually made a couple of I think, pretty poor errors, really. There was a couple of drops in play, um, but it was kind of bad field placements and then not actually backed up by the bowling. It didn't seem, like, after they took that first wicket, there was a real clear bowling plan um, and that was really, really disappointing to see in a final. Um, And, yeah, some of the bits on this were uh, showing bowling short when you've got actually nobody either at back, backward fine leg or down at fine leg or backward square leg and the ball was just getting touched around the corner for four runs. You're just like what's the plan here? What are you trying to do? How are you trying to take wickets? What are you actually trying to control? And I think that that's the area that Northern Superchargers will kind of look back on and be like that was, we let ourselves down there. Um, And when it came to batting um, they all got starts a lot of their batsmen got starts their batters got starts and they kind of threw it away a little bit um, and you saw that with a number of stumpings where they just were miles away from it Um the wicketkeeper Southbury was absolutely excellent and uh, I think if you've been on Twitter at all you'd be um, very au fait the fact that uh, she has not faced a ball this season um, but has 11 <laughs> dismissals um, so um, and she was absolutely lightning um, so there was one dismissal where the, I think the foot was just not on the ground, and it was absolutely brilliant. But you do feel that where they were trying to I don't know go after it a bit too much and put too much pace to the ball um, was a bit of a, an issue. But that actually rang true for the men's game. So, actually, uh, when, when you're there, you're playing on the same wicket, um, you're kind of doing the same things. What was working in the women's final was actually the spin bowlers were kind of making the most of it. And I'll kind of come on to that when we talk about the men's. Um, but ultimately, yeah, they just kept on taking wickets at decent times, And they just, yeah, stemmed stem that run. And the uh, Southern Brave went out victorious with Anja um retiring in style.
1: Yeah, it was good. Um, I think I think probably fair to say that the best team won um the the women's comp probably say that for the men's as mm-hmm. well actually but definitely in 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 the women's comp i think southern brave have been a little bit ahead of the rest of the field um i'm right in saying they've lost the last two finals as well haven't they to, to oval invincibles mm-hmm. so it's it's their time lucky um for them and and the oval three peat i mean obviously there was no chance of that they didn't actually make it to the playoffs <laughs> but um <laughs> that that didn't come to pass now i i think probably in, in fairness over the three seasons southern brave have maybe a little bit unlucky to have only won one title. Um, they seem very well run, um, a well put together mm-hmm. team. And it is, I mean, it is noticeable as well. Um, I think more so in the in the women's game than the men's game, that if you do do a very good job of putting a squad together, you you are able to achieve a level of domination um, over over the field that, that maybe you can't on the men's side. Because I think the probably the in player quality from the best to the worst is slightly stretched um, mm-hmm. And and you know, basically, Southern Brave ended up with quite a lot of good players, and uh, I, I can see them if um, if they keep 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 most of the team together. Potentially winning it again again next year, I think they are a quality side. I think what I found, Jack, was that when lo- looking through the
0: tournament, there's only so many players. Who are say batting out of maybe the top four in some of the women's teams who can actually go and hit the ball and actually once you get behind that run rate actually be like don't panic in that situation mm. but actually the just the depth is not quite there yet like the quality from I've, I think I've been to all three finals now and the and we've seen. The quality jump significantly, I think, across the women's game, especially in the domestic players who aren't in the England setup. Um, but it's still got a little bit of a way to go. Um, and I think that um, yeah, the people like teams who have people like Alex Capsey might have the best competition, but it's those kind of people who make such a big difference. Danny White here, she was finding the boundary with ease, and it just they just didn't have um, someone to kind of match that. And Southern Brave, yeah, just always had their noses ahead.
1: Yeah, they did. Um, so onto so them um, as you said nice round your shrub, shrub soul to go out um with with a win you said you know, obviously it's the it's the scene of her uh, six fur against India uh, a nice kind of um maybe not maybe not such high stakes game but a, 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 a pretty high stakes game to go out in uh, for, your, for your final appearance hmm. so good work there then in the men's Ross um we had some some cricket we actually had some cricket on on the saturday well we had cricket in the the women's didn't we but um we have more cricket in the men's southern brave they finished well so semi-final i'll I'll talk through it properly semi-final southern brave v manchester originals um they this is the, the, the 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 these are the two teams that end up there after they played each other earlier in the week um Knocking out the Welsh Fire, which is sad because they were my wild card pick to make make the make the playoffs. So a <laughs> little bit disappointed there. Um, although you know, just to to shout out us, we did pick these two. I think as second and third in our power ranking when we were saying who might make the playoffs. So you know, on the one hand, sad. Not it's almost old. like we know a little bit about cricket these days, <laughs> just a little bit. Um, Southern Brave they batted first. They get hundred and ninety six. Ross for the loss of just one wicket. Finn Allen sixty nine. Um, off 38 is top scorer and a nice little knock from James Vince who picks up 56 from 25 and it looks like it looks like it's it's probably in the bag 196 is quite a lot of runs Um in, mm-hmm. in, in a T20 that would be a pretty good score for a semi-final uh, knock 20 balls off and you're, you're basically asking for 12s from Bull Dot uh, but to be fair to Manchester Originals um they They've made quite light work of it. phased. <laughs> yeah. Like they, they cruised home, I would say, finishing 201 for three uh, off 96 balls. They had four four balls in hand. Uh, Phil Salt went ballistic, 47 of 17 for him. And Joss Butler nails himself on as top run scorer for the tournament with 86. Um, a pretty good semi-final, I would say. I mean, like, you, you definitely got your money's worth there. Anything you'd like to say about that before we move on to the final? Um,
0: just just the part around playing a game at the Oval on Saturday versus then playing at Lords on the Sunday. Two quite contrasting arenas to actually play cricket in, two very different styles around it. Um, and I just thought it's uh, quite, a, quite a good barometer of it. Um, there is a little bit of me, though, that is kind of saying, should both of those games actually be in London? And actually, should there be one that's based elsewhere? Should there be one at Old Trafford or whatever? But look, we're not here to debate the rights and wrongs of ECB cricket. But yeah, it was... Um, a, good, a very, very good win for Manchester Originals. And I think sometimes we talk about momentum on the show and I think um, a lot of time people go, oh, well, Oval and Vince was had five days to prepare for the final. They, the other team have only got one, but actually they get the benefit of playing the game, etc. So I thought it set up an absolutely tantalising final between, yeah, Josh Butler is the best player in the competition, in my view, um, versus the kind of the best team um, there. So I found it, yeah, it was set up nicely.
1: Yep, yeah, so it was Oval. Um, the- Manchester in the final uh, Oval bat first Ross you were there do you want to talk us through what happened
0: yeah so uh, they both uh, Josh Butler's team opted to bowl first and they ripped Oval apart Like it, it looked unfair like the pace battery that Manchester Originals had, um, along with some pretty stupid dismissals or shot making, um, but you still got to take those wickets. Left them 34 for 5 after 36 balls. I'm sitting there going, for goodness sake, like, all I wanted was a good game, and <laughs> literally, we we're going to get someone who's been actually rolled for 60, and it's just like, this is absolutely rubbish. Um, but their lack of a quality kind of spin area um, or spin, department left them short sure, I think they kind of left the door open for overall principles and there were so many balls left in the innings that actually you could still get to a pretty competitive score and Tom Curran uh, and Je- and uh, Jimmy Neesham did just that um, Tom Curran got 67 I think it was from 33-34 balls um, this guy's once a poor man's shade back right and, and now he's the holder of the highest score in the final for a batter at 7 or below um, he combines absolutely brilliantly with he them and the right-hand, left-hand combo and the different dimensions of Laws actually got underneath Manchester original skin a little bit Um, and you could see they didn't really have an answer where things started to go a little bit awry for them Um, it was almost as if oh they thought they'd already won it um, when they took the five wickets and yeah they got up to a really competitive total Um, we thought kind of 140 would actually be as good as they can kind of get to but this kind of showed that if you actually continue to press hard and you continue to take those risks like things can go more in your favour and this was what one of those occasions right they might as well hit out and because if they w- would have got 120 then it would have been game over anyway but they end up with a really good total um and that's the, that's the difference i think still what I was talking about for bringing it back to what the women's game was they just don't have that bit yet um but in the next couple of seasons i definitely can see it going that way um so once that top order was gone big rear guard action put it in a great position um, and then it kind of came down to Can Joss Butler um, actually do the business in the final. And what you found here was that the Oval team is really well drilled. They've got like they've had people come in and out of the side, but actually you saw here. No, our plan is we're going to spin to win, and that's that was the big difference. The quality that was on show. Um, Danny Briggs hadn't. I think it was his first game. He's playing for um, Oval Invincibles this season. Gets Joss Butler, and th- that that is such a big boon for any team against them. And then yeah, Sauter did well. Um and then you yeah, just saw the um even England new boy um Gus Atkinson struggle. I think he went for 47 off his 20 balls. It just wasn't a day for 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 those pieces to to kind of get the wickets he wanted to do. And you saw the spin um yeah pay off and Oval Invincibles were duly tra- crowned champs.
1: Yeah so it was definitely a very good day for the Oval spinners. They picked up four um, between them for I think only 37 runs. And if my maths is correct. So that's it's it's pretty good going. And um they probably I, I don't know if they clawed the game back, but at one point uh, Manchester looked like they they were certainly going to be there or thereabouts when they were what forty odd for mm-hmm. one. Um, so yeah, good 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 work um to the the Oval Spinners. Danny Briggs he actually only bowls five balls in the competition, takes a wicket with two of them um, which is pretty decent isn't it like that's um <laughs> that's, uh I, I guess maybe um, you could have played more but uh, who knows <laughs> well i guess i guess the problem and maybe a mark of the, the sort of strength of um Open invincibles is that they had narine didn't they for the example yeah, yeah and and they're two you know international class world-class spinners um and, and like it's a little bit ridiculous danny briggs is one of the better limited over spinners who is also well, he's, English. The, he's, he's the leading
0: t yeah. twenty blast spinner wicket wicket. yeah exactly time, yeah
1: I yeah so. so it's kind of ridiculous that Oval have ended up in a situation where they have managed to have him as their their <laughs> kind of backup spinner to two to other guys um my view ross is the the, the best team won here as well uh the oval pretty were pretty dominant through the tournament um what do they pick up uh, 7 wins a tie and uh, and one loss if you look at the whole set of nine games that they played um it's a it's a pretty good season for them uh, the current brothers yeah done the business again uh, or you know maybe, maybe not again but doing the business here it's got a nice <laughs> nice narrative arc to it um and i think yeah basically they deserve it that's my point do you agree yeah and what i found interesting was you saw um, Manchester
0: Originals almost go with the template that Southern Brave won the tournament with in the first edition, that very bowling heavy, then relying on that kind of a, a really strong kind of top order um, and that was the kind of balance they were going for and I think it was just, they just took their, they, they bowled a lot of their good overs or good sets rather, kind of up front and I think it just left them a little bit short and that gamble, as I said, that just complacency um, kind of snuck into it um, but yeah, the Oval Invincibles side. Uh, there was a lot of chopping and changing, and I think we, we, we saw them play at Oval. And I think yeah, three or four of the players who we saw there weren't even in the final. or The five people weren't even in the final team. And so to have that consistency and to have that clarity on role definition when you're coming in and out of the side, um, I think is, there's a lot to be said for that. And yeah, so it's a, it's a it's a really really big win for um, the Oval Invincibles. And yeah, I think Manchester Originals can leave it with. Kind of reasonably, the heads held high, um, but yeah, it was a great final. So that was from my perspective.
1: Yeah, I, look, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think it is kind of a weird quirk of the tournament that um, you know the Paul Sterling comes in for one game and it's the final. Uh, Nishan plays two matches and um, that's the last group game and and the final. It's a bit. It is a bit. I, I mean, there isn't really a solution to it, and it's it's a thing that uh, afflicts cricket in general. But it is a bit disappointing, I think, uh, in terms of the spectacle of the whole thing, that um the Ryan isn't there, that Zamper isn't there, that Heinrich Clarsen uh isn't isn't there and there's a sort of few others that um have dropped out. Spencer I- Johnson. Yeah, uh ex- well exactly, yeah. Like it's um so I, I think I don't know if they'll be able to do it next year, but it would be nice if they could find a window where those overlaps weren't such a problem maybe play it a little bit mm. earlier in the in in the in the year you could still have it in the summer holidays if you played it from late july to to mid august um i don't know if it i i yeah basically what i'm saying is i am not sure overlapping it with t- touring like established touring periods of the calendar and the cpl necessarily and the, and the, oh, the lanka the lanka premier league as well yeah is necessarily the the best thing to do particularly if And and this sort of, I'd be surprised if the salaries went up massively next year, particularly if your salaries are pitched at a level which will be outspent by some of the Mm -hmm. the the other comps in the world. Um, so something to think about moving forward. Um, Ross, we're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to talk about the tournament as a whole. Was it good? I mean, that's the sort of the question with the hundred, isn't it? Like, is it is it we've had a lot of fun is it actually good and has it saved cricket like that's the, the kind of weird <laughs> weird question that it's always judged against we'll have a little discussion about that uh, and then we'll move on to the asia cup
0: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here as in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment
1: And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart.
0: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cricket Podcast, where we're going to be talking about the 100 and whether it was good. And the Asia Cup, which will kick off in Pakistan shortly. And I'm actually really looking forward to that. I think that's going to be a nice sort of entree, a starter, <laughs> before the, the World Cup gets going. Um, Ross, so, we, 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 you know, as, as I said just before the break there, the 100 is basically always judged uh, against these these kind of yardsticks i mean they're self-inflicted yardsticks by the ecb like to go out with a load of guff about how it's going to attract a new audience and stuff like that and and then it loses some money and then people throw shit at it and like (laughs) then some of the stars drop out and you have this this whole kind of there's a whole there's like a little cottage industry of old men shouting at clouds um involved with this comp so i'm just going to ask you straight up was the hundred good this year and has it saved cricket um, so I think
0: that this is the first time the men's competition has been competitive. Like I think in, in other editions there's been kind of, I don't know, always been a little bit one-sided or two-sided out of it. This was the first time where um, actually any game you're thinking, oh, actually this could go um, one way or the other. Um, even Birmingham Phoenix, who had an absolute shocker. Um, and. Like the weather played its part on that front, but even then, they could take down any team on their day. And I think that was like finally the, the quality. Yeah, the, 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 the quality was about there. Um, for the women's game, I think... Again, as I was saying in the first part of the show, the quality of women's cricket has gone up immeasurably in the last kind of since the hundreds kind of come in. You've got so many fans who are coming in with um, shirts of all the women's players. People actually know who they are, etc. So I think on on that front of building the profile and doing all that kind of stuff, and it's a roaring success. um, I think that the weather has played a significant part in what happened this year, and I think there's some of the no results, and some of that was a yeah disappointing. Um, and there is something around right, how do you try and manage that um, when you're playing? Because um, yeah, when you're playing the men's game afterwards, is there a part where you decide, well, okay, let's try and mix this around, play some of the men's games first, put some of the women's games on in the evening, etc. Um, and we also know that the kind of deal with the BBC for kind of free to air is kind of what is it, I think it runs out after next season. So um yeah I think this was an important year for it and I I, I thought actually it was yeah quite a good competition for people and I, I think the fact that it is in a relatively short window people are starting to I don't know almost like recognize their teams it's not about whether you're the best fan of pop chips or whatever but <laughs> it is it is a fact, it is a fact going, right Manchester Originals that is Josh Butler's team and I think the more they can market it and put the players at the front of things so kind of like the NBA do like you you know actually well, I, I support michael jordan or i support whoever um, a very contemporary reference
1: that, there i like that well um. I've, I've, I've been
0: i've been watching i've been re-watching the jordan documentary recently so uh, if you have if you if, if you want to watch something good uh the lakers one's really good um was oh, yeah, yeah. the dramatized one. that is really really good fun um so but you yeah whether it's steph curry or whatever there you go um <laughs> I think that 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 part when you actually recognize some of the big bigger names I think that is really really strong um the whole existential crisis around talking about the hundred talking about the English game is very um it's very England at the moment like I think for the last what decade we've had we're in an existential crisis to to another one right um and I I think that when you look at the cricket game um, in this country, I think that kind of reflects where we are as a society a little bit. Um, A lot of angst, a lot of kind of polarisation, a lot of people who are kind of yeah, are really worried about the traditions of the game um, versus, oh, well, actually, this new challenger, and actually, where is the compromise? Um, but yet, seemingly, the people who are saying, oh, we have to compromise, are also the same people who are turning around going, I bloody hate this competition. Like, I hate you more than everything. I'm going to divorce my wife because I hate it so much. And you're a bit just like, this is just ludicrous. So um, I think there is, yeah, definitely a conversation to be had around, yeah, how it survives or with the blast what ends up being kind of the commercial deals around it when is the window and what are the arrangements that you can make with the CPL Lanka Premier League major league cricket etc to find something that works um, but to answer your original question i think it's been yeah a, a good season um, and i've yeah i've enjoyed following it
1: yeah i look, i i i've probably watched less of it but enjoyed it more this year i mean like i've i after the ashes um, you need a little bit of downtime from some of the cricket. Last season, I think <laughs> I watched pretty much every game, I watched a lot of them live as well, uh, like at, at the ground. This year, I think I only went to three or four, actually physically, mm. um, and, and watched a fair number on TV, but pr- probably not as much as last year. But I do think that there there was a big uptick in quality on the, the men's side, especially. Um, I, I think I think having the full slate of English domestic players available made a difference. I think finally getting some of the Pakistan yeah. players over earlier in the, in the comp, um, in, improve things as well. And I, I think sorting out the problem that was Welsh fire, um, has also made a difference because that it was a problem that one of the teams literally mm. couldn't compete. And, um, it, if you have a if you have a team in a competition that's obviously crap and there's obviously nobody's really thought about how you're going to put them together and how they're going to play it does devalue everything else because it's you can sort of point point it and go like what you know like how are we supposed to take a competition with that in seriously um and <laughs> and that isn't that isn't the situation now that the team that comes last has got Mo and Ali and Liam Livingston in um mm. they're the yeah and Smead uh, Jamie Smith, players who will play for England. Um, they're objectively a you know, a good cricket team, um, and yet they finish bottom because the other teams have caught up, basically, and and are, 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 are I think very very good. I mean, it, I think I think it's you could genuinely make an argument after this year's comp that it's up there with sort of the PSL as that second tier of. Um, cricket and there's a few reasons for this like it's not, this isn't just English bravado like what you've got with the 100 is that you've distilled the whole of England's professional cricket down into eight teams so you basically, it's you know the, the, one of the things that's thrown it is you can see all these players in the blast, you know, you can see all these players in the blast kind of, the you actually need to look at it the other way, it's about the players that you're not seeing that, um, <laughs> that, that makes the 100 better you, you're basically getting rid of the worst 60% of players um from the blast stilling at that and you and you, you end up with a good competition throw in a few internationals yeah. and some some decent overseas and 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 it was good there's some some figures ross um that sky oh, yeah. have released uh so mm-hmm. they sold more tickets 580,000 tickets sold um the attendance for the women's competition increased from 270,000 to over 300,000 this year the final um was the most watched in in terms of tickets sold people being in the venue most watched domestic final i think anywhere 21,000 um people attending that uh, from a television perspective there was uh, an 8 and a 20% increase for the men's and women's tv audience you know respectively um and i thought this was quite interesting as well the the number of viewing hours went up 30% so Basically, more people are turning tuning in and they're they're watching the games for longer. I think part of that is probably because the games were better. Like, you do turn off a cricket mm. match if one side's getting blown out. And that did happen a lot last year on the men's side. Yeah. This year, there were a lot of matches that went to the last five balls, which obviously is going to keep people around. So, I don't, I don't know how much you want to read into that one. But, it, 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 you know, it's, these are all things that are trending in the, in the kind of right direction. Um, I think there's some things they could do to tweak it. I, I still would rather it was a T20 competition um hmm. than, than, than <laughs> the 100 ball one but um I, I yeah i think i think of the three seasons this is the one that has provided the best proof of concept i think it 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 had moments um and, and i liked it in the past but i think it, it actually now feels a bit more established as a, a good quality comp uh any thoughts
0: yeah, no, I, I agree, and I think what you said around like, getting some of the like bit, like really big names to come and play, like having someone like Shaheen Shah Afridi and Harris Ralph come in and for that for the Welsh Fire was mega. Like it, it was absolutely like critical to the success of what was happening in that in that in that team. And I think that the more you can appeal to kind of global audiences by saying, look, this is actually a cricket competition where we've got representation from around the world. I think it's really really important. Um, I think what was yeah, you're also seeing some of the new stars as well. Like we on the previous show, we talked about um, England's kind of white ball talent in that space. And as you say, like we we had the Test match players who were playing. You got like really big names coming and showing up, um, and then they also putting pressure on that white ball team like jason roy yesterday i don't know, we're talking about it i think he ends up with a, like a third ball duck or something along those lines but then you've got phil salt in the opposite team who could easily take his place you've also got someone on his team um in will jacks who could easily take his place and i think that is the, the what's benefiting this england side like the we're already in a great position but this goes to another level and you should be getting more and more kind of Better quality players kind of coming through. Um, someone like Gus Atkinson, right? Without the 100, would he be anywhere near the England team? Don't, don't know. Um, but I think it is giving people a platform um, to really kind of kick on, especially on the men's side. Um, and then from the women's side, just as I said before, the quality is just going up and up and up. Um, and the kind of the whole. What's the word? Kind of professionalism of the whole setup is fantastic, and the fact that they've got um, fans in completely their own rights, etc. And yeah, inspiring people to
1: come and play cricket. Like I think is absolutely tremendous. Yeah, it is. Um, right, Ross. Asia Cup that kicks off pretty shortly. Mm. Uh, yep. I don't know where we want to start with that. There's a there's a few sort of things to talk about. We're not going to do a preview of each team, obviously. Um, I I I guess we probably go straight in um, with. What, the... What? Well, what, what, what were you going to
0: say? Well, I was going to say. So, the, what I like about the Asia Cup is that it changes format. That's what I really like about. it. Right, well, I, like I was that actually like, going to the... say
1: we should go in with the format because the format is weird. And it's, <laughs> okay, did you, basically... you, you talk us through it? Well, no. It's basically contrived to try and get India and Pakistan to play each other three times. So far, like despite <laughs> numerous format changes and the fact that it's been T20 and fifty over and, and like a, a bunch of other stuff. Um. They've never actually managed to contrive it, so India play Pakistan in the final. I, I don't know if this will be the year. Um, <laughs> I, I, let's start with that. Will India play Pakistan in the final? I mean, that's that's as good a starting point as any with the with the Asia Cup. Uh,
0: I think there's I think there's a pretty reasonable chance this time around. So uh, if you look at some of the other teams in it, so Nepal are there. They're there for a good time. Um, they beat UAE uh, to kind of get there, and. Pakistan, I think, have got a really strong side. I think like, you look at Pakistan's lineup, and for the World Cup in India, I think they are. Within, a, well, they've got a decent shout of winning. They've got a well-rounded team, um, and they've got yeah people like Babar Azam in, the, in that lineup who just know how to bat in those conditions and hit big scores, which makes a huge impact. Sri Lanka are missing some key players, um, which is like having Hasaranga's been ruled out, um, Kamir has gone, Kamara has gone, um, is it um as well? He's out. So there's a lot of kind of their pace. Kind of skill gone there, meaning that they're going to have to focus on the lesser experience, people like patarana etc. So there's some exciting talent there, but is it going to be good enough to win the tournament? Um, I don't know. Um, Afghanistan, they've got a great bowling line-up in terms of some spinners, but their batting is a complete and utter lottery. Um, like you have no idea what's going to happen. When someone's going, and the and when you're relying on Gerbaz to be your best player, I think that, that says an awful lot. And when Mohamed Nabi is still kind of rocking out for you, I'm just a bit like, that's not where you want to be um and then india's lineup like they've got people coming back from injury and Kale rahul or shrey um they are massive like, massive team to beat here um and i think yeah pakistan um with um with india is there Bangladesh and Bangladesh like that. you have no idea what's going to happen there. Um Tamik is out. Shaky Bala Sands, captain again, so that could be a good funny. Could kick down some stumps, punch an umpire, and they'd streak around the field. I don't know what's going to happen from him. Um but again, people like Linton Das, etc. Uh, Mr. First Rahman, like they again it's a really exciting piece, but yeah, India and Pakistan, big favourites. I'm saying this is the one where they meet in the final
1: sure um so they start in a group I mean like the the whole thing is is kind of funny um they they're in a group India and Pakistan uh, have gotten Nepal pool as the three as the third as the third team in the in their pool um and then the other the other group has got like three legitimate contenders Afghanistan uh Bangladesh and um, Sri Lanka so there's there's like a bun fight in one of the groups and then a complete formality uh In the other <laughs> one, they obviously go through to the next round, and then there's a final after that. Um, so, uh, you know, high jinks um, could be up. I mean, I, I, you talk about Afghanistan. I'm really quite looking forward to watching them bat because it is—it's kind of mental. Their their whole their whole approach. I mean, they they had a game the other day where <laughs> they basically picked eight bowlers, like they had. Well, mate, I think it was seven bowlers. They had four recognised batters, one of, of one of whom was the wicket-keeper. And then everyone else was just like, that's not a batter. Like, your number five is not a batter. That's a bowler. <laughs> like, like, you'd think if you're Afghanistan, um, you've actually got some pretty dependable bowlers. You'd think, like, let's just pick five of them. Maybe five mm-hmm. with one all-rounder and put some more cannon fodder up the order to, like, try and <laughs> pad it out a little bit. But they were like, no, we're just going to pick some more bowlers and... Get them in there. Um we also have Majeeb getting a 67 off of 40 balls the other day. Yeah, um, no one saw that
0: coming, did they? No, no one saw exactly. that coming. We've seen yeah. him we've seen him back in the IPL and that is not pretty normally. <laughs>
1: um so I don't know what I don't know what was going on there. That's gonna be um that is gonna be uh pretty good. Um also there's the whole ground thing. Like obviously India refused to go to Pakistan, um, which is a little bit rude, um I, I think, but um <laughs> But look Pakistan well, might,
0: might, might be some other might be some other things that play there uh, yeah, well, and yeah they're also playing in Sri Lanka aren't they so, so they go, co Lanka.
1: so some of the games are in Sri Lanka so Pakistan could make the final of their own competition have to play the final away um in in Kandy I think um so yeah there's a lot there's a there's there's a lot happening uh in in this tournament um Pakistan I would say probably the favorites um of the, of the teams, they seem the most sorted out, the least afflicted by injuries. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do think for the World Cup, India are still the favourites. But I think for this specific tournament, you know, it's still quite early in Bumra's rehab. Um, they've mm-hmm. still got some pretty big batting questions and and, and injuries in India. Um, I suppose that would be one of the interesting narratives, won't, won't it? Like, um, you know... Uh, w- what will India end up learning from this tournament that they can apply at the World Cup? I don't know if you've got any thoughts there. Well, they've, they've kind of had a bit of a year and a, 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 I would look forward to kind of our comments um, on, this,
0: on this, but they've had a bit of a year of trying weird stuff for no reason whatsoever. Like the Rahul Dravid kind of coaching um, piece has been a really interesting approach. It's kind of like, let's throw a load of shit at the wall and see what sticks, see who performs. Um, and I think that, They'll they they could live to regret it if they don't win their World Cup on their home soil. That is that is massive. Absolutely, like, as you say, they are big favourites for that. Yes, they've had some injuries. I think the Asia Cup obviously comes at a, uh, an opportune time to actually try what's happening out. Boomer's come back in what against the, against Ireland before, um, but yeah, can Kale Rahul actually find some sparkle? Can Shreya Sire actually find some sparkle? Coley, this is. Yeah, this is absolutely massive for him and Rohit Sharma. Um, but they've not got the balance of their squad right in the last 12 months, 18 months even. Um, so, yeah, will they actually have some consistency and will they be able to get people performing um, when they need to? Um, you'd assume yes, um, but they got dumped out in the what f- final four of the Asia Cup last year by Sri Lanka. Um, so, yeah, it's not a guarantee that they win. But I think in ODI cricket, I just think the chances of upsets against, say, Afghanistan against Bangladesh is just a little bit less likely because of the lesser variance. But yeah, so I, India fans, I think, there's still a lot of um, yeah, a lot of hope there that you can go and win. And like, let, let's be fair, if you're an India fan, winning it when Pakistan are the hosts, like that's going to taste a little bit sweeter for them as well.
1: Yeah, it will. Um, I, I I think it might be a tough ask though. I I, I think it, I think I'm really interested to see how. Things shake out for India with with the World Cup coming up. Um, I, if I were an India fan, I would be a bit worried that they will be overly conservative. I think with the with the World Cup squad selection, um, and we'll see some of the same players making some of the same mistakes that have limited them in white ball cricket in general over the last few years. I, I think basically my my current working theory on India is that they don't attack enough with the bat and they don't attack enough with the ball. Like it's not, mm-hmm. if you look at Pakistan, let's let's compare them to Pakistan, probably the favorites for this Asia cup. Pakistan in both formats of white ball cricket try and take loads of wickets. They're always trying to take wickets and attack you when when they've got ball in hand. They've got obviously the they've got Shaheen, they've got Ralph, Shadab Khan. Like all of those are out and out wicket taking bowlers. And sometimes they'll get hit around. Like if you look at the economy mm-hmm. rate of someone like Shaheen, sometimes you know you're not you're not necessarily wowed by that. But the geezer knocks people over. Like that's his 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 bread and butter is is like swinging yorkers right at the top of the inning. Like it's, it's, he, he bowls to get people out. Same for Harris Routh. Sometimes he gets hit about, but he will also bump people out in like the middle of a, an ODI game and get you that breakthrough wicket that slows the opposition down. I I think there is the potential that India go in with too defensive. Uh, uh, they, they, like they they don't pick people like Deep for um, their ODI squad. I, I don't know that. They, they may well, you know, be a bit more aggressive there. Uh, But uh, uh, that's where my worry sits with them. And then on the batting side, look, they're all obviously very good, but there's not necessarily anyone there who you think is likely to take a score up to 350 against the best attacks in the world. Like, you know, 300 very much on the card, but I don't know. Um, I don't know whether they've got... Yeah, uh, let's you know, let's take Syria Kumi Yadav as the example here. I don't know whether they'll play him. Like I actually don't know in in the World Cup whether they'll take that risk. I think they might go with you know Kale Rahul and Shreyas Iyer. Um, I'm not mm. sure if I will be fit, but um, like I, I, I and then play it quite safe, and you you pack a bunch of those guys in that can really only bat up up a, a, a run of ball. And you do limit yourself somewhat. Like there's uh, the, the best teams in the world have got Glenn Maxwell, they've got Josh Butler, and and they're not guys that sell for three
0: hundred. <laughs> and I think I think it's a good point. But you've you've also got. People coming through in this team, like Shubman Gill, for example. Shubman Gill has demonstrated that you can do it on the big stage. Can he actually do it at the Asia Cup? Can he do it at the World Cup? Is is the next kind of challenge for that. But it is, again, can you find that sparkle and create the environment to actually make it work? Robert Sharma's got an unbelievable ODI record, right? He's probably the, one of the first names of the team sheet if you're doing an all-time ODI 11. Virat Kohli, exactly the same. But are they actually now kind of over the hill and over the peak? And actually, is this kind of the last time you're going to see it? is Rohit Sharma going to, going to be able to go out and hit 150 ball 200? Don't know, no, right? Exactly. You know, and it's it's those pieces where how much reliability are you putting on Jadeja, Akshar Patel in those lineups? Well, and so, I, yeah, yeah, I can see...
1: This is I, what I, I mean, I, I think the, as well. Yeah. I, I can see them going in. I can see them bringing back Ashwin or something crazy like that. And, and I I think I actually think relying on Jadeja to be a, a, a front-line ODI bowler... Might be a bit harsh. I mean, like he's probably improved, but I, I just don't think he carries enough wicket taking threat. I, I, I think that, I think that he's a nice person to have to bowl maybe five overs, and I I think there's a world where he bowls ten regularly for them and doesn't take enough wickets to to restrict scores. Now, like, well, you know, obviously there's in in the the quality of India's players mean that this isn't going to necessarily be a problem until you get to like knockout matches. But then in a knockout Mm. match, suddenly India might not be the favourite because they haven't got somebody who can take wickets in the middle overs. That's why I just... I know, I get get, get what you're saying
0: and that's that's the piece where I think they've had the opportunity in the last 18 months to try things that are different, but they've picked some really weird players Mm. to kind of make that happen. And yes, maybe the... Umran Malek experiment hasn't quite worked, but he would be a complete and utter difference maker in those middle overs if he's coming in. Um Yuzi Chahal, out of the cu- out of the cold, right? Um uh, Cool Deep Yadav came back into form, great redemption arc, um, a real can be a real threat, and actually has added more to his repertoire. But you're right in saying that, yeah, is there a chance for Ashwin to sneak back into the side? You bet there is. A massive chance. <laughs> is Charles Tacour going to be one of the first names on the team sheet? More more than likely, right? And he like it's, it's again like have they really progressed as they should have done where they've got all of the riches of the talent that is demonstrated in the IPL and have they made the most of it? I'm, I'm not so sure they have.
1: Anyway, Ross, we're going to wrap up there. Uh, quick thanks to our sponsors once more, Manscaped. Uh, you can use the code CRICKETPOD for 20% off plus free shipping. Um, we'll be back. We've got quite a lot of cricket coming up, haven't we? England in action mm-hmm. against New Zealand, um, the Asia Cup, and then we're building up to the World Cup. So make sure you like and subscribe wherever you watch or listen to the podcast because we'll have some good coverage coming up over the next few months. Yeah,
0: and we've, and we've also got um, Australia playing, um, South Africa as well. And if you haven't, go and search for the kickoff photo. So they are. So it is Aidan Markram and Mitch Marsh. Go check it out and see what you think.
1: All right, good, good way to leave it. Thanks, everyone. Um, goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.